Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Sasha. Before we get into the show, I just wanted to let you know that WBEZ is in the middle of its early summer pledge drive. If you appreciate getting reset in your podcast feed each day, then consider giving to our station. Doing so supports our show and all the amazing reporting at WBEZ and the Sun-Times. So donate now by going to wbez.org slash donate. Oh, and did I mention you could win prizes like a trip to Iceland? So yeah, don't wait. All right, on to the show. Two rival golf leagues have decided to lay down their clubs. The PGA Tour and Live Golf, alongside the European DP World Tour, are merging into a, quote, new collectively owned for-profit entity. And it was a huge surprise since Saudi-backed Live Golf burst onto the scene two years ago. It's been the main rival to the long-dominant PGA Tour. Some top players left the PGA to join Live after being offered massive contracts. Others decided to stay, some of them citing human rights abuses by the Saudi government. So how is this news being received among golf diehards in our area? Well, to find out, we checked in with Rory Spears, co-host of Golfers on Golf Radio and director of content for GolfersOnGolf.com. Rory, for folks who saw this headline earlier this week but maybe didn't get a chance to read more, just put this into context for us. What are the details of the merger and how big of a deal is this? Well, it's it's a huge deal, but you know what? There's still a lot of uh, paperwork to be done. There's uh, some I's to dot and T's to cross, and uh, all parties are going to have to get together before everything really kicks in, which is going to be in 2024. The timing of the announcement, I think, caught everybody by surprise. There was only a few people in an inner circle that were working on this, and a lot of the big names in all of the different tours involved were really kept in the dark. And it's just amazing what got done under a certain amount of secrecy, mm. and it's caught everybody off guard because even though this may have been what people expected, they really didn't expect it right now, and the news just sort of came out of nowhere, and none of this was leaked, and we didn't hear things for a day or two before, like you do with a lot of news or sports stories, right. that something's going to happen in 24 hours. None of that happened, and this came as a shock to everyone. As a matter of fact, there are players from all tours who found out about their careers and their futures by reading it on Twitter. Oh, wow. So it sounds like you were definitely among those who were caught off guard, Rory. What else are you hearing from friends and, and colleagues who are following golf pretty closely in this area? Well, a lot of people are just thrilled that it's over, but there's still a little bit of a wait and see out there on, as to how it is all going to shake out. And the two main combatants between the PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan and CEO Executive Director for Live Golf, Greg Norman. Uh, Greg Norman seemed to have been really left out of the picture. He was only told about the agreement a minute or two before it was announced. Jay Monahan is taking a pasting from his rank and file at this point who don't like the way this was settled. And a good majority, uh, I'm hearing, of PGA Tour players would be thrilled if Jay Monahan stepped aside at this point. Of course, there was a lot of players rumbling and sponsors rumbling mm -hmm. over the last year or so that thought Jay has mishandled this from the start and he realistically, his time should be up at the PGA Tour. Does this affect both men's and women's golf? 
just so we're clear? Well, here was the interesting part on the women's side is that Live Golf and Greg Norman started making some suggestions last year about the creation of a Live Golf women's tour that would go up against the LPGA and finally giving women an opportunity to play for some real money that they rarely see in professional golf. And I think that got the PGA Tour's uh, attention. But, you know, I have to say this is that uh, you know, people say this whole agreement is about money, and one thing that was happening for the PGA Tour, they were being forced to spend in a lot of money that realistically they didn't have. And you know what? Uh, I think the real winners here uh, are golf fans in general because the fight will come to an end. And, you know, who are the losers really? Well, the big joke is perhaps all the lawyers who just lost a huge payday of this thing being dragged out in the courts for another year or two. Yeah, tell us more about that. I mean, it, the, you've mentioned already that this, this won't take effect for uh, full effect, at least for years. What do you think we can expect leading up to this, just in the coming months and years? What will that look like? Well, there has to be a lot of conversations yet between all parties involved, but the question is, who are those parties going to be? Uh, the rank and file is very upset with Jay Monahan, and I have to believe that a lot of players wouldn't mind seeing uh, him displaced. And on the DP World Golf Tour side over in Europe, uh, there's some unhappy people over there as well. Mm-hmm. So perhaps the people that have been leading these three major tours Perhaps as the agreement goes forward and everything comes together, the three parties that have been arguing the most are three people who may have to step aside in order to finally get this deal done and so that it kicks in on time in 2024. So to that end, I mean, the move is coming in the midst of major litigation between the organizations. What's been going on exactly? Well, there, there was different types of lawsuits going on. But the more interesting part is, for a while, there was a lot of players involved, especially from Live Golf. And little by little, they were all dropping out of the multiple lawsuits that we were seeing. And some people were still staying involved, uh, but on a different scale. They were modifying their lawsuits as to what they were looking for. And, you know, for the PGA Tour players, granted, when you're a PGA Tour member, there is sort of a... Uh, there's a list of rules as a member. There's a code of conduct there as well. But the bigger picture that the players will argue is they are independent contractors, and they all felt they should have been able to, in essence, sell their services and play golf wherever they wanted to play golf. And uh, that wasn't happening once the fight broke out between the tour and Live Golf. So, Rory, over the last year, uh, Live Golf uh, tried to entice the sport's top athletes to um, uh, to basically deflect from the PGA Tour with, with contracts that were running into the hundreds of millions of dollars, right? How successful were they in doing that? Well, they landed several key players. As a matter of fact, some of their tournaments, live tournaments that were played opposite certain PGA Tour events, uh, people were laughing, saying, hey, you know, you can say what you want about live golf, but they have a stronger field this week. Then the PGA Tour, even though they only have 48 players in their field, the PGA Tour has 150. One of the biggest deals that I would say was a, was a great investment, as it turned out, for the Live Golf people is they offered Tiger Woods $700 million simply to join their tour. But with Tiger's injuries, uh, his poor play, 
and the uh, legal issues he has off the golf course, mm-hmm. uh, most recently uh, with his uh, former girlfriend, uh, that was probably money, you know, not well spent by uh, Live Golf. That uh, it was a good thing they didn't sign Tiger to that agreement, but wow. they did sign agreements uh, for over a hundred million dollars with uh, reigning uh, British Open champion Cam Smith, over a hundred million dollars for Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, and you know uh, Brooks Kepko was another player who just won the PGA Championship, and so there's you know four or five guys that uh, got. Uh, you know, nine-figure nine deals here, so to speak, wow. to jump over to Live Golf. And what's going to happen with that money uh, that they earned? Well, they're going to keep most of it, but there is some talk that they may have to pay some fines for leaving to come back and fit in under this umbrella. So how much that is, uh, it probably won't be very much. And matter of fact, it could be a drop in the bucket compared to the amount of money that they actually made yeah. during their time of playing on the Live Golf Tour. And we know uh, Rory McIlroy was offered $500 million. Here's a little bit of what he had to say about the merger. It's not live. I think that's the thing. I still hate live. Like I hate live. Like I, I hope it goes away and I would fully expect that it does. Um, and I think that's where the distinction here is. This is the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour, and the PIF. Very different from Live. All I've do- tried to do is protect what the PJ Tour is and what the PJ Tour stands for. And I think it will continue to, to do that. So Rory, he says there, I hate Live, which are very strong words to hear from, from one of the best golfers in the world. What else are we yeah. hearing from, from PGA Tour players? Well, most of the PGA Tour players that, uh, you know, I have heard from are are basically still trying to get over the shock of this agreement. You know, some are frustrated. Some of them have towed the company line, whether they wanted to or not, in support of the PGA Tour. And now they feel like, oh, okay, now all the live golfers are coming back and everything's happening that we've been told for two years by Jay Monaghan was never going to happen. And you know what? Uh, Some are mad. Some are frustrated, and some are probably confused, just waiting to see, you know, how the shakeout is going to be, and all of these players, uh, how they all get back into tournaments next year, and, yeah. and what it changes. Also, there was players coming up through the ranks, which is the Corn Ferry Tour, which is the next. Uh, I, I don't even want to call it a step down because there's so many great players on that tour, and there are players that are former PGA Tour players that play on that tour, and they're trying to get you know their, their privileges back. But there was a lot of players there thought with the defections to the Lib Tour, mm-hmm. it was going to open up opportunities for promotion to the PGA Tour, which may now disappear. That's a whole formula, and again, one of the questions that will have to be worked out before 2024. Can you quickly walk us through that distinction that he that McElroy made there uh, between Live Golf and PIF, which is a Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia? Well, well, Live Golf is, you know, it's 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 a golf organization and it's golfers with, you know, guys on the PGA Tour, they're seeing their friends as part of a golf uh, organization. Uh Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund uh, you know, funds different things uh, besides golf. And so people who want to be critical of the Saudi government are, are going to be critical that this uh, public investment fund is being used to finance golf. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, there's a difference sometimes between Saudi government and golfers. You know, I've had people tell me, 
well, how can you even cover, how can you talk about live golf, especially with the 9-11 connection? Well, I don't see a connection to 9-11. You know, until someone can prove to me that the Live Golf office has people that were Al-Qaeda members or uh, people that are part of the bin Laden family or been terrorists, uh, you know what, that's three strikes, you're out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's ways you can look at this. And, you know, myself, why should I be mad at, say, the Japanese PGA Tour just because my family was at Pearl Harbor on December 7th, 1941, because my grandfather was in the Navy then. I don't hate the Japanese. I don't see a connection there. And some people, you know, I know 9-11 was a little more recent, but, you know, we're talking about sports here. We're not talking about people who run a golf organization who were part of the 9-11 attack. Well, you know, Live Live Golf, as we've talked about, it's backed by Saudi Arabia. The PGA previously called out the country for human rights abuses, are some critics right to call the PGA hypocritical for now oh, changing defi- its definitely tune? Definitely so, because you know what? There's people who will tell you the same thing about China, and the NBA uh, takes, uh, you know, people are harsh against them because of their investment in China. But uh, there has been uh, media reports that the PGA Tour has 27 corporate partners who did over $40 billion worth of business in Saudi Arabia and the Middle East last year. And for the PGA Tour, they turned a blind eye to that. But then they tried to put the live golf people in a focus that they're bad because of what happened at 9-11. So so what do you think the PGA needs to do to mend things with players, right? We heard... What McElroy had to say, I mean, uh, Wesley Bryant tweeted out, I feel betrayed and I will not be able to trust anyone within the corporate structure of the PGA Tour for a very long time. Well, I'll tell you what, there is a lot of, uh, shall we say, uh, fence rebuilding here that needs to go on. And it'll be interesting to see how long it takes for people to, in essence, get back on the same page, mend some fences, and, and be able to you know, work with one another again for, the, you know, the greater cause. You know, we heard, well, okay, we've unified everyone under one umbrella and, and one ceiling here, and it's going to be great for the game. And you know what? Hopefully it will be. But there's going to be some hard feelings, I think, for a long time, and it will be interesting to see in the upper management structures of all of these tours who stays and who goes, because i got to believe there's going to be some people that are going to be either let go, forced into resigning, or just simply announcing that they're stepping down yeah. uh, because they either are not li- well-liked by rank and file or they just don't like the way the merger has worked out. Well, we'll leave it there, Rory. Just remind us again when folks can tune into your radio show before you go. Okay. Golfers on Golf Radio, Chicago's longest-running golf program, 33 years, is uh, AM 750 WNDZ at 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings. This episode of Reset was produced by Michael Liptrot and was edited by Linnea Dominic and Stephanie Kim. Catch every episode of Reset by subscribing to our podcast. We publish episodes Monday through Friday with a bonus episode on Saturdays. That's all for today. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. If you need a break from the news, WBEZ's Nerd App Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts.